All right, perfect. So we're coming in. Coming in hot. Right, coming in here. So, again, again, Derek, so I was explaining to Derek here that there was a green dot <laughs> on the information. I have those devices for recording that I don't know shit about, but there's a green yes. dot on. There's two green. Fuck. There's a button there, that you can push one green dot or oh two Jesus. green dots. Dots and lights and buttons. and. So the first green didn't dot. Didn't you, like, create this software? Don't you do that for a Yeah, I do for a living. But it was the two green dots. I didn't. I thought what it meant is that it turns on both mics for monitors. Oh. Instead, what it means is it puts them both into their own channel for listening to monitors. So we'd hear each other. Yeah, well, let's not do that. Channels. Because so it's, that I was, put it back onto a stereo monitor so we ridiculous. hear each other. Both in both ears. It's not as confusing. I'm gonna turn my it, game up. It's a, almost like having a conversation. I'm gonna turn my uh, stuff up just a smidge here. So, all right, guys. Well, hey, uh, hey, Derek. Hey, Brad. Hi, Derek. Hi, Brad. Okay, welcome to Two Pours. Welcome to Two Pours, everybody. Right. Hi, everybody. We've been just chatting away. Yeah. I'm glad you walked in on us in our moment of discussion. We had our pants down and we were drinking bourbon. Wait, right. Well, maybe the pants were on. I two of those two things are true. So, <laughs> I had my pants on. He had his pants <laughs> off. There were pants involved. I'm not yeah, sure what's happening. Perfect. Here. Well, let me check. Um, all right, Derek. Well, today's our lucky number seven's episode. Lucky number seven. If Exciting. you're keeping score at home, yeah. this is episode number seven. Yeah, so, well, I thought we'd do something a little fun and different. Um, yeah. I, I, that's really what we say every time because we don't know how we're done. But really, this time we decided. <laughs> every time is different. <laughs> it's every time is different. We decided this time. If you listen to the entirety of the last podcast, one congratulations. Yeah, we, we appreciate <laughs> Thank you. that. We get nothing for it. But we get we, zero. There are zero dollars coming to but us. We appreciate <laughs> that. There's two people out there going, man. Yeah. This is this is some good content. We really yeah, I, enjoy this. I appreciate all six of our followers who only two of them listen. Right. But um, the other four are just me and Derek on different accounts. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. so anyway, I uh, um, was going to say that if you listened all the way to the very end of last time, we. We had already had a lot of pours, so but we did stick to what we said, and we decided to make number seven a lucky number seven's episode. Lucky number seven, 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 seven. Jackpot. So we have for you today da, 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 a da. lucky sevens uh, theme. So we are going with bourbons with seven as a theme. We'll talk about that yep. in a second yep. if we get into it. And then so, kind of as a, and then to fit so, the theme of the day. We're going to talk about sort of like poker and gambling stories and, and casino stories and those kind of things since Derek and I that's have a loo- That's a loose outline of what's going to happen. Yeah, it's just a little loose outline. So I'm going to just keep, go ahead, Derek. We'll whatever, probably, whatever you want to say, go ahead and say it. I'm going to kind of mess yeah. stuff here. We'll probably veer off that path, I'm sure. But, um, but yeah, so we are reviewing. So we reviewed. We did did our, your, our, our, our normal notes and reviewing two seven-themed bourbons. The first one uh, is Bermheim, the weeded bourbon. That is a seven-year age. What? I was away from Mike. I think it's an N. Bernheim. Bernheim. Berm, not Berm. Fuck. It's it's uh, a weeded bourbon that's yeah. seven years old. And yeah, it comes out of Heaven Hill Distributors. Yep. And then the uh, second one is uh, Old Ezra Number Seven. Old Ezra Number Seven. So and I did zero research for this podcast today, so I have no fucking idea where that comes from. You did ab- about the same amount of research we normally do. Yeah, that's right. Well, zero. True statements. So, but anyway, <clears throat> yeah. So we've tried so two. We tried two bourbons so far. So we have those are the first two, and then <laughs> <laughs> we had to pick sevens of the theme. So we found I, it took me a while to find them. I couldn't remember what all had them. 
I luckily had bought a bottle of Old Ears Number no. Seven. I couldn't remember if it was just the name was like just part of the name, or if it had anything to do with the age, which that was I was excited about because I mentioned on the podcast Especially last time. Let's find some bourbons with seven year age. Well, I wasn't sure I could do that after I went to go looking right. for them. But and Old Ezra Number no. Seven, luckily on the label, it said age seven years. It does. It tells me that right, right in the front. Yeah, those words. So are Old there. Ezra Number no. Seven yep. is an aged seven year bourbon. And it is uh, barrel strength, so that's another another sort of plus for it. And then Bernheim is also a seven Bernheim. year, a seven year aged bourbon. Um, I guess it's not a bourbon because it is a weeded whiskey. whiskey. So um, it's got a lot of bourbon notes, though. So we'll we'll, we'll give it a pass. <clears throat> but anyway, yeah. So that's those two. And then to follow with the theme, so, we've tasted so both of those off the air, kind of in our loose format. We yeah, taste yeah. those off the air. Took our notes, separate notes, separate we'll notes. Haven't haven't discussed here. them yet. And then we're going to taste on the live, air. Live, live tasting. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try uh, so Seagram, Seagram Seven, Seven. A little Canadian whiskey. No, it's American whiskey. Is it whiskey? Yeah, it's oh, American. I'm thinking of Canadian Club. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, Seagram Seven, and then some. I drink a lot of that in, in from college. our own home state here. Well, kind of our home state. It's where we live now. Anyway, we still call Kentucky home, but it's right. our it's our it's our state. Where we now. live now. We live and raise our families, so it a little, is a little, j- j- little Jack Jag Black Jag label number seven. Jag so we're gonna we're Jag. gonna crack both those open and compare them to everything else we're tra- tasting today. And yeah, it's gonna be good stuff. Yeah. So by the time we've had four well, pours, we'll see how it goes. It's gonna be fun stuff. So today it's two uh, pours uh, times two. Two pours times two times, times two people. Two people <laughs> times maybe I'll times, have more than two. Yeah. Pours. Well, and after if those don't suit my palate, then I'm going to go to one of the others. So it'll be five pours yeah. today. So, okay. Well, numbers are just numbers. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's, it's a Friday numbers. night and we're recording and I got dinner downstairs cooking. Made some homemade marinara sauce today. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And we got some marinated chicken thighs. We're going to put on a grill here later and we'll have this little dinner together um, with stuff. our families after we finish recording podcast. So. All right, so let's get, let's crack right into it, Derek. We're now right, ten minutes into all that bullshit nobody cares about. So, um, <laughs> this is this is our life. This is what yeah. Happens. This is what happens, guys. So lucky, lucky, lucky number sevens. Here we go, people. Seven spectacular. Um, we we tasted Bernheim first, but I actually wrote down Old Ezra. Surf. Which one do you want to go with first, Derek? Uh, let's do Bernheim. Okay, Bernheim. So, so we I started with Bernheim. Like Bernheim. Bern. It's the one that's. Yeah, it's that like weekend at Bernheim's. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> did you see that? I did. I saw that fucking picture. Uh, the okay. Anyway, well, well, so well, let's not derail already. Huh? Yeah, let's, let's get, let's get, get to the tasting. So okay. All right. Uh, so nose out of the gate, man. Like, well, first, first of all, let's talk about the color. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah. So the first thing that you notice that it's a very, it's golden coppery. I, I put down the color of a rolling wheat field or. Pissing in the shower. Yeah, well, I put down golden yellow or wheat filled at noon, or maybe golden shower. Either one of the. Well, <laughs> that's why I, I have I have golden shower in my, oh my description, so I wasn't sure how far yeah, I'd go well, with that. But, yeah, but definitely that's sort of very, It's very yellow. Yeah, that yellowy gold look, yellowish gold color. Yeah. yeah. So definitely a lighter toned yeah. color, mm-hmm. yep. um, which was drastically different than Old Ezra. We can talk about that in a second, but we poured them out and it's like, well, we don't want to mix them up. And then as soon as we pour them in glass, it's like, well, we won't mix you them up. Have, you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> So, Unless you're colorblind, and well, I guess well, yeah. If they, they're these two bourbons are gray, um, <laughs> not great, just gray. So rough, rough, anyway, rough, rough, rough. The do- dogs are colorblind. Never mind. Right. Um, anyway, yeah, they taste good though. But um, they, they'll just lick what? your asshole. Anyway, um, so yeah, they so lick your asshole. Uh, <laughs> only, 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 only if you put peanut butter on there. Oh my god. Uh, uh, anyway, to Thursdays. Uh, <laughs> um, so, all right, the nose, the nose that for work, me. That whole working from home thing. <laughs> yeah, it takes <laughs> working from home a whole other level. <laughs> what do you? 
<laughs> what are you doing? Hey, keep that dog busy during our meeting. Well, put some peanut butter in my asshole. There's, you know? a re- there's a reason we switched from crunchy to, to creamy peanut butter. Uh, why don't you ever pan out on your camera? Well, there's a reason. <laughs> you don't want to know, but all right. So, yeah, so nose. Nose, yeah. Uh, all right. That brings me. All right. Right out of the gate, my nose caught one note strong and sturdy as oaken leather. Like, just, I said that that's two words, but I caught leather. Was it an oaken leather? Like, super, like, super strong leather out of the gate. Like, that's all I got. First nose, hardcore leather. It's all I could smell. And I got, was like, and then, like, second sniff, it's like, oh, it's like oak and leather. And then, and then I went into sort of like cake batter, vanilla, and caramel kind of smells. So holy crap! Did we did we sniff the same bourbon? I don't know, man. That's what I, my sniffer might have been working today. But I, that's I what get, I caught. That's I all I caught. Any of that. So my that's v- funny. So so I had a very sweet and floral theme. The nose for me was very sweet. But the very first thing that I put down, which I was, you know, I told you I was like, man, I'm trying to figure out what what this is. I'm, of course, yeah. we've talked like we were. We don't really we don't discuss our notes, but you know every once we while discuss we'll, about the notes. Maybe yeah, we kind of say oh, you know I'm trying to I, I can't figure something out or there's something there, but I just I'm trying to put my my finger on it. So I finally figured out what it was. So it was very sweet and honey, like a honey flavor, a flight flavor, a honey really? uh, scent. But I figured out what it was. It's the honey butter that's on the croissant at Rafferty's. Oh well, I know a lot about that. I know, I know you do. Uh, so that's kind of what I, what I was getting. I was getting that like rich honey buttery like sweetness that that's what i was getting it on the nose and uh i put I also cheating put, i found another note here on this this old measure <laughs> you can't you can't do that man uh i, I guess you i can't do that because mine's gone um it's your fault yeah i know i drink too much anyway but so the nose for me had a, had a very sweet uh floral buttery it's just a lot of a lot of sweetness on my, on the nose so that's interesting but then we went to taste I did now. I did get some of the sweetness on the sort of the second, but I, I, I was catching a whole lot of that oak and leather yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So That's go to cool. taste. What'd you get? So first of all, I want to say it was a very, it was a very light palate. Like it just it was very light on the palate. It was just very. Uh, I, I it was fruity for me. I tasted like blackberry, and like just like a. Yeah, I put very. This this is my exact note. I said very light with a with a fruity front forefront. Maybe blackberry, some cherry, and then so this is, and then a hint on the back end of of oak. Like I started getting that oak on the back end, like it kind of yeah. melted into like a woody flavor. That's, so that's so for me. I the, the first notes for me were like woody. <clears throat> I wrote woody first, just yep. Um, and and then I definitely put oak. Cause I mean, obviously, the yep. dough it's made with oak wood staves. We know that, guys. But but it just kind of had like a, th- a woody feel and theme. And then I put warm as my third word on my okay. taste was warm. warm. Yeah. Yeah, and then I put it, in I put and then I put spice cake yeah. and a little bit of orange peel and then I wrote down so I kept catching something like Derek and I so the one thing Derek and I did talk about, we both kinda of looked at each other, we kinda of, you could tell it was like makes you making a face and both There's, of us said the same thing. There's some note in there we were trying our trying brains were picking up, but my tongue my I couldn't put the note with the the words I just couldn't right. do it. but I did write down sort of tangy bitterness on the end yes. like there's this late finish I, this tangy bitterness that I I just couldn't put my finger on what the heck it so this is what I, is, so this is what I put on the finish so so it, it, sort of the same but but in, well in, in that same realm I put some random sharp note that I can't identify mm. yeah almost it's like so and I wrote down that's <clears throat> so I wrote down on my other I wrote I kind of I separated my palette my finish but I didn't so I wrote down all my finished notes I put in lingering oak a long warmth and sort of a smoky finish like there's a long sort of long smoky warmth mm-hmm. to it and I wrote down a hint of ethanol uh-huh. um 
I forgot. I can't read my handwriting as usual, but I wrote a, a hint of ethanol something on finish. Um, heat. Oh, ethanol heat. But there's like this this weird, like, ac- the, yeah, almost antiseptic y ethanol yeah. kind of mm-hmm. note, r- really late in the finish. And I couldn't figure out what the hell it flavor wise was, but it was yeah. just this weird note. And I was like, mm, that's weird. I don't know what that is, but okay. But overall, I mean, I, I, I wrote down as kind of like my, my, my wrap up here. I said it's a, it's, it's a, it's a nice, easy drink. Like it's a very, it's not very complex, but it's, it's pretty yeah. easy on the palate. Like <clears> it's, <throat> it's not very harsh. It's, it's a, it's what I would consider like just an easy drink. Right. Beer. And then, you know, what we didn't call out here is so that it's probably, uh, proof Bernheim. Yeah. I mean, it's a nine proof. I knew that oh, going yeah. in, but I was looking for something else on a bottle, but I forgot what it was. Um, yeah. So it is actually, it's distilled and bottled by the Bernheim dis- Distillery in Bardstown, Kentucky, which I find funny because are we wrong? Because when we've had this, I thought they we bought it at Heaven Hill. I thought yeah. for I thought they I thought it was a maybe product. it's a I'd have to go look at it. it. Bernheim, of course, Heaven Hill is in Bardstown. It could be that Bernheim is a again, guys. We're not getting good about the history stuff. We started out wanting to do that, and then we were trying to do some of it, and we may get back into it. it there's just other shit that we do, guys. I'm sorry. It's not every time. <laughs> I'm trying to research every fucking bottle I pick up. Anyways, so, um, well, I know they sell it at Heaven Hill. I think it's one of their lines. I'm pretty, pretty sure at this point. Um, anyway, and Old Ezra is distilled and aged in Kentucky at the Lux Row Distilleries, also in Bardstown. And I don't, so Lux Row, I'm trying, I almost dropped my mic, sorry, I guess. Um, I don't remember if Lux Row, who there is their parent. Um I mean, I could be wrong that they. So, if you don't know anything about the how the distillery market works in Kentucky and all around the bourbon market is, it's very incestuous. There's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot. Well, and, it is Kentucky. And, well, good lord, but yeah. <laughs> so the, um, the there, it's hard to know sometimes because some of these lines they got so many lines. Of course, as as things have grown in the last several years of bourbon, there's so many lines. Like they come out and, and yeah. they're connected in ways you don't know, and then they're like, oh, okay, and then. The other side of this that if you kind of get into researching some of them is even though there's they're different distilleries, they also roll up. There's a lot of them all roll out of the same juice, which you'll hear a lot of people in the in the world called MGP, which comes out of Indiana. So like so a lot of them have the same like sort of what we call what they call the juice, which is sort of like before they put the yeast and stuff in it, that yep. there's their stuff, but it's kind of their base. And a lot of them come from the same sourcing. So it's always kind of funny to see hear some other stories about what's gonna happen. So yep. all right, so that's that. So score? So, do you want to get the score first or, or second? Um, we can just score. I'm curious what your score is. I liked Bernheim. I I, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I put for me it ran, It's, it's course, been a long time since I had it. So and I, and I actually said I mentioned this while we were doing the tasting as well. And Corey, I kind of backed off because I don't want to get too much into it before we start recording. But I remember when we first started getting into bourbon. It was one of the very first ones we picked up because we, I mean, we, you know, we talked about other on other podcasts that we went on, you know, a distillery tour, you know, the, the bourbon trail tour, and they kind of kind of kicked us off in this whole room. Like we we were into bur- we drank bourbon before, but but after that trip, we really, I mean, we really started getting into it. And right. on that trip, that was one of the bourbons or I guess whiskey that I bought was Bernheim, and it was one of my favorite. And at the time, I think it was because, I mean, it's a good drinker. It's it's really really pleasant and it's really light and it's not real harsh, so it's an easy drinking bourbon. Uh, but as my palate has grown and as I've gotten more into to some of the higher proofs and just 
you know, as you, as you age and as you, you know, your palate becomes more complex, you can pick up more things. It's it's not as I mean, it's, I still like it, but it's not as good. And I, I put it as a six and a half. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I think I'm probably the same roughly zone. I, I I didn't write down scores. I kind of forgot to do that. Um, but I I think that so for me. Um, and I don't want to say I'm probably I'm going to go and write my scores down. And it's kind of unfair to do that after the fact. But anyway. I I definitely find the same things that I found in like I I remember kind of liking it. And then I remember we got started in the journey, and I remember tasting it and being like, "Well, yeah, I, I like it, but it's not. The, the, it doesn't have a lot of like crazy standout things that just make me want to jump up yep. and go, oh, yeah, I really like this thing about it.' I was just like, oh, it's a pretty you know, it's at ninety proof. It's a pretty easy sipper. It's got some very specific notes, but nothing crazy, and it doesn't have a lot of like depth from my for just the way I feel about it. Um, if you're hearing all that noise, that's that's Derek messing with his mic stand. So I'm sorry about that. But sorry, okay. I was trying to be quiet. But yeah, that, well, it's hard to do. Anyway, so it it is. Um, yeah, and so, so anyways, all in, all done. I'd say about a six. Yeah, it, I, it's a good. It's a good. It's it's a ninety proof good sipper. It's it's got a good so, low profile. It's got a good clean sort of flavor thing to it. It's, it does have a lot of sort of oaky leather and sort of some caramel and yeah. it's got some good stuff going on. There's nothing wrong with it whatsoever, but it just doesn't have a lot of depth. It doesn't have a lot and, of depth. No, and I will real, say not a complex bourbon at all. No, and I will say that the thing that I couldn't put a note on that. that the thing that I couldn't really put my finger on, I don't like. So it's like there's yeah, like this it was sort a of sharp, bitter, tangy, tangy, sharp, almost like putting your tongue as a battery or something kind of. I don't, yes. I don't like yeah, it. I that's a great analogy. I didn't that's, care for it. Yeah. It's just like mm, I don't like what that is right there. But I don't that's know what funny because exactly. we were both at the same time tasting that and kind of looking at each other, going, "Well, I can't figure that out." Yeah, it's like but it, chewing the inside of an orange peel or something like, mm, yeah. well, that tastes really acidic and weird. But, but I it was like it. it was there and gone. It wasn't like yeah, it wasn't it, killing the bourbon. It's just it was just it was in it at the very end. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of in, the, in that same on that same note of, about kind of what you were talking about before we got into that. But like, it's one it's one of those bourbons that when I see it in the store, I remember liking it. Yeah. But I don't pick it up. Yeah, same. And that's kind of, well, that's the reason I didn't have a bottle. I bought a bottle just for this podcast. I've well, actually reached for it a couple of times going, eh, and I'm like, eh, Well, that's yeah, kind of how yeah. I've been too. And I, I, wanted, I wanted to get it for the podcast. And I yep. said, well, I'll grab a bottle. And they don't, unfortunately, I asked them, I said, do they have a bottle? Do they make a bottle in a smaller size than the 750? Because <laughs> I didn't really want to buy a full can fifth I, of it because I don't, I you know, I knew it, well, I knew it wasn't one of my favorites and it wasn't one of those I keep around anymore. Mm. Um, but anyway, that said... That's it's it. all right. It's not fantastic, but it's not. It's not a. It's definitely. It is what I would consider an entry level weeded bourbon. Entry uh, level kind of gets you into entry the zone. Gets you into the zone. And, yeah. And of course, anytime you got a bourbon that's not at barrel strength, you're gonna get. You're gonna get kind of this muted water. Yeah. Down. You're, you're getting a muted flavor profile from what yep. it could or what it might have been. So. All right. But, so let's take out of the muted zone. Let's go to Old Ezra number seven. Let's, let's get. go to that sucker. Okay. <clears throat> uh, right, side by side, way different colors. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I put for the color for old old Ezra number seven. I put dark amber. There should be a mosquito locked in it. <laughs> well, I wrote down liquid caramel. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. But strong. I put a uh, good hold, medium legs. Not the strongest yeah. I've seen, but definitely. Uh, yeah, not not winning any you know powerlifting competitions, but definitely medium legs. So yeah, but but really liquid caramel, really gorgeous nice, color. Yeah, nice deep brownish sort of liquid caramel. It is the color in. that I. That I typically go for when I when I when I see that specific color, I, I, I think of, of a really nice dark rich bourbon. Yeah, I'm thinking it's, it's kind of like kinda, ooh, I say that's sexy. And so it is. Um, I don't want to quote it wrong here because it is barrel strength, and so it comes from yeah, the barrel. The, so it was one seventeen. I thought the, I was going to say yeah. one sixteen. So I want to make sure I get it right. But anyways, it's one seventeen. So again, <clears throat> big difference, right? It's a twenty seven proof difference from the one to the other. So, um, and that that's also, of course, if you you know. 
for those who are listening that are kind of new to bourbon. Um, but being a barrel strength bourbon, yeah. it means it's it's coming straight out without the water. They water bourbon down, guys. I'm sorry, right. that's what happens that's, when you get to a nine, you, when you get an eighty proof or ninety proof bourbon. That's because they watered it down. <laughs> they put they put clean water in it to cut the proof so that God, they can sell clean. more of it. Right. Well, <laughs> it's tap water. <laughs> it's hibiscus lime water. It's oh, great. Mm, yummy. So, all right. So, Old Ezra number seven. You know, it's so it's so funny. I don't know. So here's what happened to me, Derek. I go to sniff. I couldn't smell a damn thing. Really? I, it was like it, it was almost as if my nose was like. So I had my face so far in the glass, I couldn't find any notes. And so the only thing I wrote down, I put toasted oats, comma, waiting, waiting. <laughs> like <laughs> I was catch, catching these. It's got a, so. And, but That's what I did funny. write down here, and then I came back to it. So I wrote down, does not sniff at its proof. So one thing is okay. It was yeah because. I, I'm getting no ethanol heat. It wasn't no, burning me it, it up. I'm getting none yeah. of that. And at 117, you'd expect a little bit. Like, yeah, I, I agree. I didn't write that down, but I it didn't. I didn't catch any of the ethanol at all in it. No. Um, so for my nose, I, I did catch. So mm-hmm. the very first thing that that popped out at me was like dark chocolate candy. No, so that's like, cool. So like you I know, didn't get that, but that's really cool. So you know, like when you have a, a piece of like you know the Hershey's dark, yeah, whatever, and you yeah, open yeah. up the foil. And you smell that smell. That, right. that that's what it smelled yeah, like. That's to me. a great smell. Um, and then I also got, I got oak. I put oak tree in the fall after the leaves have fallen. That's cool. So like it was. So not not like you know mm. not the leaves of an oak tree, but like in the fall when you walk by and you just you can just smell that. that yeah. That oak. That's what it smelled it's like good, after. It's, yeah, that damp oak. That damp mm. in the fall when it's got sort of the damp wood. Yeah, so. that's kind of what I smelled. So. So it's funny we were sitting when we were talking about the first one. I still had a little bit left in my glass, and I, I grabbed it and I sniffed and sipped it again. And I wrote down library stacks deep in the back, like when you walk to the back of a of an old library, yeah. deep stacks, and you walk away in the back, it's really like yeah. old paper, a little bit of dust, and old wood from the floors. Yep. I that's what I wrote down. Yeah. I, I, so I caught this. I, so I said, it finally, I got another snow. I got another sniff, and I got another smell off of it that I didn't catch the first time around. Another scent. So anyway, that was kind of cool. That's cool. All right. So I, I've had, you know, all right, you know, full full disclosure, I've had this bottle before. It's my bottle. I've had it on the shelf. Uh, I haven't had a lot of it. I kind of, it's hard hard to find. And so I don't drink it too often, but so I can share it with people. But um, I got the same thing I got last time. Not as strong as last time. Last time it just knocked me over. I couldn't believe it, but I still got it again. And it's the first note I put down. I put down peanuts and toffee. Peanut brittle, peanut brittle like, and then I wrote down candy corn and buttered corn. Oh wow, that's funny. Yeah, so that's 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 kind of what I catch in this bottle. I, I catch. So I got, yeah, let's just see that. That's for me. This what this bottle tastes like for me. I don't know why. Yeah. So I got similar, but a little different. So you know, because again, we're as we're tasting and as we're doing our notes and everything, we kind of go, mm, oh oh yeah, we kind of <laughs> make noises, and then like. If I pick up something specific or Brad picks up something specific, we go, oh, I know exactly what that is. And I start writing it. Yeah. And so the tip of my tongue, when I'm at the, not, not the, the, the top or the back of my tongue, but the very tip of my tongue, when it, when I, when I hit it, I got brown sugar. Yeah, I can see that. I got brown sugar and I put down <clears throat> uh, burnt chocolate. Okay. So like a really dark cocoa, yeah. deep chocolatey brown sugar, molasses, and then as it got toward the back end of, of, of the taste, it, it, I, I got oak. I put oak on the back end, and then it finished with with vanilla and toffee. So yeah, that's, that's good. That's what I got. And, dude, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, it, it's pretty it, good. And It hits I, all the notes in my wheelhouse, man. Everything that I like, it's it's got it. So It does, and I think, you know, one of the things that I um, 
it it definitely ha- and it's funny how like you and I have kind of gravitated to a few specific types of things but one of the things I, I think again it goes back to is I get so much more character and depth in a bourbon that's barrel strength or yeah. or, or yeah. similar or close to it at least you know but <clears throat> I'm just you catch more stuff in it and it just has more that I love that rich that rich notes and it doesn't have to be caramel for every it doesn't have to always be caramel and toffee and vanilla for me no, those are things I like yep but it, I feel like there's more character to the bourbon, and and definitely yeah. that's why I look for barrel strength stuff a lot of times, and just kind of yeah. get, um, see what's going on. So, also same thing with single barrel, uh, um, for the same kind of reason is that you get a uniqueness that is only coming from that barrel, and you may not ever get it again. So it's kind of cool too, yeah. you know, as well I like to chase those things down. So, all right, yeah. so that so that's a. Uh, that's so, a wrap. See you guys. I'm ready to go eat. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, oh, but uh, but also, so the finish of that, I put I put for for that one. It was a medium to long finish, and I, I got I, so the whole like from the nose all the way through tasting it, even toward the finish, it, like you said, it doesn't it doesn't act like a barrel strength bourbon. Like it's, no, it's it really doesn't. so it doesn't lo- drink at that proof. I did get on the very, very end, like after it was out of my mouth and just the, the, the kind of the lingering finish, mm-hmm. I got some heat on the back end. <clears throat> so I was like, like I, when I worked my mouth, you know, and yeah. like that, I, I got some like prickly heat. I and got it, a little bit of it at the end. But at the very end, yeah. but it was at like there and gone. Kind of once I had it in my gums for a while. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. So not bad. All, all in all, but, definitely um, an interesting. But I scored this one. Again, it's, it's good. It's very good. It hits all the the spots that I like. Um, I, I I put it at seven and a half. Yeah, I put a seven on it too. I just kind of, yeah. I mean, it's it's good. It's not a bad bourbon at all. I like I like a lot of the stuff on it. Like a lot of the notes coming out in it. Um, yeah. If and sometimes I would be definitely in the mood for this. Like I said, I I consistently just catch peanuts in it. It's so funny for me. Like I just catch peanuts That's and the peanut brittle kind of stuff. But the peanut brittle group is definitely a brown sugary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's nothing bad about it. It's just I Yeah, I, I was picking catch, up the brown sugar and the I molasses. Catch, I catch those notes that, all the time yeah. for some reason. So That's good. Yeah. It's, it's good. good. It's yeah, I like one. it. I might if we sip other stuff, it might be what I go back to finish out with tonight, but uh, yeah. anyways. So, well there there's that and mm-hmm. um, we have two more bottles. We'll just kind of crack them here and we'll talk about them here in a minute uh, as we get as we get to talking, but so out of the gate, so I gave us a theme, Derek. So you've been thinking about poker stories. Anything fun uh, to talk about? I've been I've been thinking about playing poker. <laughs> so, Golly, man. so, so, so Brad and I both uh, we play poker. Yeah. So <laughs> little backstory is, is Derek and I both have played a lot of poker. Um, and I guess kind of a bigger backstory than that is I, you know, I I came into playing cards as a kid. Like I played a lot of cards as a kid. My dad was a card player. He liked playing a lot of cards. So I I I played all kinds of things. I was playing poker in high school and yeah. every kind of card game and everything else and. And I'm big into games. I like games, like board games, like card games, like video games, whatever. But um, played a lot of games, and I played a lot of poker. And then, and then right around the boom, when the sort of the the, the Holden boom kicked off, when all that kind of the madness Chris, started, Chris Moneymaker, yeah, around two thousand somewhere, whatever yep. year that was, and it kind of kicked off. Well, I was already kind of playing some poker, and but generally when I played, it was we played everything, not just Holden. We played everything, oh, yeah. but we played a lot of sort of. Nickel and penny and 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 dime and quarter kind of Omaha. poker. No, yeah, a lot of nothing, lot of nothing big. Um, and I probably didn't play a lot of Omaha then at that time, before that at least. And then, so around that time, things kind of kicked off. Derek and I kind of played. We, we were around each other, so we played you know cards together and everything. So played a few things, and then, um, and then so I had another friend that was one of our good friends that um, introduced us to a poker circle, 
And so mm. kind of the first time we got introduced, it was the first poker circle yep. that we got introduced to. And then, yep. um, and when I say poker circle, it's just what I mean is people who play more seriously for actual, you know, dollar, like a little more heavy dollars and they play, not, you know, not nickel dime stuff, not nickel dime. Um, and so kind of my, my backstory kind of, I'll just, I'll leave us in here. So, um, one of the things that about that, about that group that was kind of fun for me and, uh, one, there's several folks in that group that are a little older than us, uh, but there's a couple that were kind of our age. But, you know, several, we, a lot of us were young guys kind of just getting life started, maybe getting ready to have a kid or just had a kid. And then, I mean, we were kind of right around the time we were having kids. So it was, we were young and kind of poor and I had a lot of money. So, you know, taking yeah. a, 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 take, taking $100 to $200 to play poker on a night was a big deal for me, like at the time. Like my yeah. income was at a place where, like, I didn't really want to spend the money, but I really liked playing the game and I really want to learn how to play it a little bit higher stakes, just a little bit higher stakes. And, I, I liked, you know, the idea of a plane, and, and so, <laughs> so we go play, and uh, this group of guys who, again, most of them are a little farther on in their lives and their careers and their their disposable yep. income, yep. Um, and then the other side of it is a uh, m- most of this group that is sort of the core of this group that we kind of get pulled into by a buddy of ours. Uh, he worked with one of them, and that's kind of how he got <laughs> pulled in. Yep. And the core of this group had basically all met in AA. <laughs> so so these guys were all ex, uh, you know, addicts of some sort, and they just kind of traded one addiction for the for other, another, I guess. Yeah. Um, but they had a whole different style. Like there's a number of these guys who played like high, high stakes pokers, like 10,000, 10K buy-in kind of poker to go play. Like one of the guys that came to this circle, he had played with every single World Series of Poker winner for the last 20 years, sat down in personal home games with them, and um, he frequently would come in and like, oh, yeah, I play with – this is the time when the, the boom was happening. Chris Moneymaker, well, he's a, he's a Nashville kind of guy. So yep. he played with him and played with a bunch of other guys too. And so he'd talk about it. And so he'd go sit in all these games. So, well, he came – and he really just came because these were his friends. He just kind of came to hang out. But a lot of these guys had come out of, again – they had gambling addictions and drinking addictions, and they kind of throw them in their drink addictions. Now they just really play gambling together, poker, just for friends, for fun. A hundred, two hundred bucks between friends was no big deal to them, and it's just kind of stuff. We kind of came in like, oh, it's two hundred dollars tonight. I don't want to lose. Yeah, I don't want to lose. Oh my god! Um, but these guys played specifically, almost exclusively, they played Omaha, and so it was yeah. kind of me and Derek get introduced to the world of Omaha. Which, if you don't know, that's a four cards in your hand game. Um, it's kind of yeah. played like Texas Hold'em. It's a standard, standard sort of flop, turn, and river kind of poker game. But anyway, so it was a, it was a fun kind of introduction. But these guys were all about like, if you got a hand, you bet the pot. <laughs> and so yeah. we played Pot Limit Omaha and played a lot of for about a year or two. I played with these guys on and off, and and it kind of taught me a lot about making understanding how to make a read, commit to a hand, um, yeah. and understand if it, if it's worth being in the pot, you better be betting it. If it's not worth being in the pot, get your ass out because you're going to get burned. And so it's kind of a, it was a strong introduction to yeah. the game. Yeah. But some fun nights with those guys, and we had a good time. And, and kind of, so that, that was kind of Derek. I got into it with a buddy, and then we knew this, you know, we both knew the same guy, and then we brought Derek in. He played a few times with us, and yeah. it was fun. I know, man. It's it's been crazy. And but, so then uh, that was that was then, that was first one. That was first one, and then then you got another job, and, and you met. I did. I met another, another guy, guy that worked who, with me, and then he introduced me. He he introduced me to a game. Yeah. Uh, well, he had a game at his house. I went to play with him. And then while so, I was there, he said, hey, there's another a couple guys at the office that play, and they host a game. And he's just kind of – they're just getting into poker. They're excited yeah. about it. And, like, they'd really never really played. They were just getting and into it. the funny it. part about that is that group – we we had another kind of end to that group too because Eric, my brother, was 
the band director or of one, one of the guy's daughters. That's right. And so, so like he knew I, them. So Eric, so Derek came with me <laughs> yeah. to the game. One of the uh, the first time I went with him, I think I went one time, and then I asked him. I said, "Hey, I've got a really good, it's a great friend. I'd vouch for him. You know, he's a good buddy of mine. Can he come play?" And he goes, "Play." And then I bring him in. He walks in the door, and then the guy who was hosting the game looks at looks at Derek and goes, "Hey, Eric!" And he 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 knew Eric, but he, he didn't have any idea Eric was a twin. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a hilarious right. thing. So um, so it was pretty funny. So we get to talking, and and kind of was really cool, sort of connected, yeah. kind of thing going on and then we've been playing on and off of that group for almost 15 years it's been kind of yeah, cool and it's been a while been in and out of crazy circles that, of people and that and group has really grown too i mean it's it's gotten large yeah it, it's split well, over kind of into a different group too i'm but sure like every big city but nashville has a, a very large sort of underground poker circle that goes on circle. and Matter lots fact, of games we play in and out of and go go participate in occasionally there's and, actually a game tonight but well, there's always there is a game every single night if you're interested in playing yep. poker. um <laughs> I got an email about it. I was like, uh, I'm going to record a podcast. So yeah, not tonight. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, I love playing poker, man. It's been yeah. fun. it's been good stuff. We got a lot of good, a lot of good memories for sure. Um, so so with us being a part of this group and kind of knowing some of the people, we kind of got introduced. And of course, I, I used to go to Tunica a lot as well. Yeah. And but we would go to play golf mainly, and we would we started kind of getting into gambling and stuff. And matter of fact, one of the guys that went with us never even gambled he just he's right. he just went to play golf he doesn't gamble at all so he yeah. would while we were gambling he would be in the room but uh we kind of got playing some low limit you know pot limit type you know poker and then before we kind of got into to no <laughs> limit and just that's a completely different breed man but yeah oh oh yeah so it is definitely and so that's it's, it's been crazy it's been a fun ride and and you know so we so derek and i did get into playing um and we and we still do. I, I don't I haven't had as much opportunity. Derek's played a lot more than I have in the last the last, you know, five or six or seven yeah. years. I played a lot for a while and then I pulled him in and pulled his brother in and then and then we got into playing with the circle and then honestly they got more involved in the circle than I did and got way deeper in it. But yeah. Started um, started building poker tables, too. Derek started building poker tables. Yeah. Well again, it goes back to our love of building stuff, making yeah. things and having projects. Yeah. But um Yeah, so we have gone several trips, so it's kind of fun. We'll, we'll go down to Tunica. Uh, Tunica, Mississippi is is a casino that's that's near. Uh, it's a casino well, area that's that's near us. It's about three and a half three hours, hours away. You know, it's just outside of Memphis, uh, Tennessee. So it's just about three four hours from us here in Nashville. And, but yeah, there's um, five or six casinos down there. I, yeah. actually, actually, there's only one poker room down there now. Yeah, unfortunately, all, the, there's all been a there's, there was a real big boom, and then there's actually been a sort of a shrinkage in in the poker realm in the last yeah. several years. And the Tunica realm has not done so well. They um, well, they had a couple of issues. Like they had that flood that happened. Yeah, that just kind of destroyed one of their casinos, yeah. and yeah. It, the, the whole economy got kind of decimated. But but Harris, anyway. Harris had a big a couple of casinos they own down there, and for a little while they hosted the WSOP down in, the in circuit. Tunica. Yeah, and that was actually the like, circuit events. That's yeah. kind of where I was where I was heading heading with that is that we started going to casinos a little bit, and then with being in part of the group, they kind of introduced us, and some of them wanted to go in the circuit events, the WSOP, and we right. kind of got introduced to that, which was another kind of realm of things I wasn't really well I mean I, I had never been exposed to and it was just it's a much especially the boom in poker the last oh, several years man. it's a whole nother game it's a completely different um, you know you, when you go and show up in a room there's six seven eight hundred people in a room all playing poker and then you know it's a two day long event or maybe longer it's it's at least for, two days yeah, for one tournament yeah. for one tournament is two maybe three days sometimes four days depending upon the type and style of the tournament but, yeah. so it's a lot and it's a big deal um, the first time I went you know, I did really well I, the first time I went down we played. I think we had a 620 man, 640 man uh, flight yep. that we were a part of, and it was a two day event. Um, I actually think it was going to be a three. I think the finals were actually on Monday, but we were there. It started Saturday, 
and uh, I ended up making top two. Ta- uh, no shit, I missed top two tables by two people. I was came out. I think I went out twenty seconds. So I made mean, cash. Made, I made some good money. And yeah. um, it, you know, you wouldn't think twenty seconds made good money, but you remember there's six hundred some people in, and everybody's got a lot of money. You buy. It's not super high, but it, it's a significant enough amount that when you put that big a pool together, right. they spread out the payments down. And but making the second day even itself is a big deal because the first day is like a fourteen hour poker day. It's a yeah, long. It's a lot of poker. Day. It's a lot of poker. So, but I was excited to do that in my very first run yeah. and then I made as much money on the cash tables that weekend as in there which is really fun yeah, too <laughs> it's always a fun too. it's always a fun weekend so yeah and then uh, I started going to, to Cher- I've been to Cherokee twice Cherokee yeah. North Carolina which they have a, a, a really big stop there and it's it's kind of located where you got a lot of east coast people and it's actually a bigger venue than than tunica venue and so this last time that i went down which was i guess two years ago now because i didn't go last year and this year got canceled because because of the covids Mm -hmm. um i think it was one of like the saturday there the the two-day event the the re-entry event yeah there was over two thousand people in it that's a lot of people it it was massive it was just crazy that's a lot of people playing poker one time so But that, but that trip, the very, first, I, I walked in very first because I went down there by myself. Nobody else was with me, uh, so I walked in, sat down at a satellite. Uh, they have what's called sit and goes, which basically is a one table tournament. And as soon as it fills up with people, they just they go. And the very first one, I won that one, and then I, I, the second one, I got down to the top two and we chopped it two ways, and then I end up like uh, I think I got second or third in the nightly event. <laughs> like I. I I, I did pretty well. Yeah, it was a good weekend. It was a good sure. weekend. <laughs> so and then the year good. before that, I actually, me and Eric won. We chopped, we chopped it two ways. Yeah, uh, we won one of the nightly tournaments. And yeah, that's awesome. That, that that paid for a projector and a. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a really good weekend. That was a <clears throat> that was a really good weekend. Yeah, so. that's always fun. Well, I. Uh, so anyway, I yeah I, I you know so there's I guess trying to find find the right story here to tell is is always good but um so I have a, I have a question for you what's Let's see if we can kind of prompt each other here. So what's the craziest thing you've had happen at the table by someone at the table? And then the follow-up question, what's the craziest thing you've seen while playing poker that happened anywhere around you? Okay. Um, so <laughs> so I'm in, I'm in Tunica, and I'm at the Horseshoe. Okay. And so I go over and stand at the, at the snack bar, okay? I'm getting ready to get something to eat. And there's this guy who's behind me. And at the time, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not a skinny guy by any means. <laughs> and at the time, I was probably about, you know, 250, 260. I mean, I, yeah. wasn't, well, I wasn't small at all. Uh, I'm 215 now, by the way. Uh, and Been doing good. So this guy was probably 350. <laughs> he was a big dude. <laughs> kind of a big dude, right? So I'm like, okay. So I Keep get, talking. I'm going forward. Thing. Yeah. And so I get, I, so I get my snack or whatever, and I, I go over, put my name down on the list, and I, I want to sit at a one-two table. So I'm like, all right. And then before too long, maybe like two minutes, they call my name. So I go sit down, and they call another guy's name, and he comes sits down. And it's the guy that was behind me, the big, big, large individual who – at the snack bar, didn't buy a sandwich or, you know, a bag of chips or a bagel or any of that kind of stuff. He bought a bowl of chili. Oh, my God. Not, yeah, like a, a, a large bowl of chili. And so there's a lot of things wrong with that um, when you're at a poker table. Number one, I don't like to eat at a poker table. You have 10 guys, 11 guys, if you count the dealer, 
sitting around, touching chips, moving them around. You're touching things with your hands. You're touching cards. You're touching everything on the table. And then you're grabbing or food. Or, ga- or guys or girls. Right. Or you're grabbing stuff and you're, you know, you're putting them in your mouth as the food. I, I, I don't like that. Yeah, there's zero chance that I'm going to eat after this ever. So poker this table. dude is sitting at the table eating, with a fucking bowl of chili, <laughs> like spooning it in his mouth and like grabbing cards with one hand. Is it, oh my God. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, if you've if you've played enough poker in casinos, you will see lots of crazy things. And one thing you will definitely see is people with low hygiene. Oh god! And people that eat. I've I have seen people eat what looked like a fucking three course meal at a damn poker table. Yeah. Especially in Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. is a whole different beast. Beast. Like, it depends which casino what you're in. Because but you got you got folks you guys that you know rolling their high rolls whatever and they. Thanks, everybody. The world to cater to them, so it's cra- crazy what you get. But anyways, um, so so that happened. But then, funny. so the the craziest thing that I saw, like, at a table near me, but wasn't at my table, was the last poker trip that I went on. Which <laughs> I think I remember this. Okay, <laughs> oh, I sent you the videos. Oh, you God. So we're sitting there, we're playing, and you know, this, it's a brand new poker room. They, so we were in Louisville. Well, we were actually in, in Indiana. It's called Southern Indiana, which is like right across the river in Indiana, the other side of Louisville. They got a, uh, I guess it's a Caesars now. It was a, uh, I think it was a horseshoe. Yeah. But they 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 rebranded. They uh, and it used to be a boat, so it was actually you know, a casino boat on the river. Because at the time when they when they you know opened up, you couldn't have a land based casino. You, you had river boats or whatever. And a lot of they, they still have those in like Evansville, Indiana. I think Astar is like a, a casino. Astar is so. a boat. They, although they built a full casino there. Now, well. Too. Okay, like, well, before, before they, because at, at some I mean, point like they passed. separate casino. There's another company that's built another casino. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. No, oh, that's cool. Uh, I know they had built a hotel there, but anyway. But at, at one point in time, there used to only be riverboats. Right. So that, uh, the casino in, in southern Indiana was a riverboat. So last year, I guess it was, or maybe it was, actually it was the beginning of this year. It opened in January of this year. It was right before COVID, because I think I went up in like February. I think that was. Yeah, right? I think it was. Yeah, yeah, just before COVID, right? Yeah, it was right before COVID, because uh, they opened they they opened up and it was uh, they I forget it's like a hundred million dollar land based casino, uh, and it was beautiful, beautiful poker room. I mean, just really, really, that was laid out well. Brand new tables. I mean, everything's brand new. It's it's really nice and lit up. They have all the you know uh, TVs on the wall. So I'm sitting there, you know, sitting down playing, and um, I hear this noise. And somebody starts cussing and yelling, and <laughs> dude jumps up and like takes a swing at a guy. Oh my god! And of course they've got security there and everything, and so that didn't that didn't ha- that didn't last very long because the security no. dude tackled him and like threw him on a table, and they had like six security guys wrestling this guy on the table. And of course everybody's pulling cell phones out, like taking pictures. And of course they're like, <laughs> put away your phones, <laughs> like First Amendment, motherfucker. Yeah, anyway, uh, and so, but then the 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 cop. Finally, he shows up. Yeah, and because you know this guy's acting all bad, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna fuck you guys, bro. You can't mess with me. I'm blah blah blah, but whatever." Until the guy with the 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 gun and the taser shows right. up, right? And they're like, "He goes, you're leaving one or the other." <laughs> to the actual police show, <laughs> he up. goes, "He goes, this is this. You can make this easier. This is the this end part. of the situation, one yeah. way or the other. Just he, letting you know, buddy." He calmed down pretty quick. Yeah, but suddenly he, he it did makes, leave. It so. makes a big difference. So, but that's so so that's you know. Alcohol. Yeah, that, that's another side of casinos. The whole casino and gambling, is, you get free drinks typically. Yeah, and even if you don't, people drink in casinos regardless. And yeah. people like to drink. I don't really drink while I'm gambling. I when don't I'm, I don't. I don't like to do it. I um, drink coffee and water. 
I, it depends on what I'm there doing. There are occasions, um, like if I'm gambling on vacation and I'm I'm not really yeah. being blamed very serious, and I'm just having I'm I'm really just I've got a hundred bucks in my pocket. I'm going to just sit and burn it. And if it's if it's gone, if I've got more when I leave, great. If I don't, it was entertainment. And that's and, but I'll usually I drink when I'm doing that. But even then, like I'll drink a drink in a two hour window and I'll just kind of sip on it. And I won't. Cause I mean, it's not much fun if I can't focus and I don't I don't like doing that. So, but anyways, yeah. it's a mental game, and I like having mind there to help me do it. So. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think of this because I knew I was going to ask this question. I was trying to think of things that I, I've seen. Um, I did make I've made two trips to Vegas. Um, unfortunately, that's all. <laughs> and Derek and I are trying to figure out the schedule of trip for ourselves, which yeah, because not, I've never been to Vegas. Right now, we're going to do it anytime or immediate for sure with the COVID situation. But certainly, at some point in our future, we're going to make a trip to Vegas together. But I did I did a trip a long time ago with a bunch of old, a bunch of buddies and you know most of them are people Derek knows and and they were good <laughs> friends with we all, we grew up with most of them and so side note I know the trip you're talking about yeah we had so a, we had a high school we had a high school reunion so that was part of the story I'm gonna say that well, so. go, go ahead. <laughs> So, I'll let you tell it. So, so anyway, so I was sort of involved in this. We had a group of, of. we had a group of friends <laughs> that most you know a lot of us had spread out. Not a, not all of us really far, but some had spread it a little farther away. But we were had a high school reunion. Our ten year high school reunion was planned, and we were going to almost all of us were going to go into the high school reunion and meet up. We're going to be there that weekend or old whole town, and we're going to hang out and do some stuff. And then in, in the conversation of the all the build up to the high school reunion, we were like. You know what? We should do like a big trip together. Let's do something. So a bunch of us kind of started coordinating this thing, and we did a a trip to Vegas as this big like fun weekend, you know, guys weekend kind of thing to go to Vegas. So, well, the the wrinkle and complication, and there's two for me, two wrinkles and complication <laughs> in this in this situation is. Um, one, my wife was very pregnant. Very <laughs> so large. she was due in July and the reunion was in very late June or very early July. Like it was within a four, maybe five weeks, six week period of this. I think we went mid June. So it maybe a six week period of this, but she was due July and and so it was starting to get in that sketchy zone. So we sat down and we talked about it, kind of looked at the calendar, looked at the weeks. We'd already had a kid. We kind of what happened last time, kind of scheduled things out. And basically I just left her and said, baby, you know, let me know if you if you think I shouldn't go. Like if I don't, if I, it's like, I'd like to do this trip. I really want to do it. I think it'd be something fun. I've never gotten to go and I'm excited about it. Um, and so, so we talked it all out and we decided it was safe enough in the zone. We could do it. A Two weeks before the reunion, they moved the reunion date up a week. And guess where that was put it? Right smack in the middle of the time that I was going to Vegas. And so all of us who were going to go to Vegas and then the next week go to the reunion said, well, we're still going to Vegas. we got a paid room at the Bellagio. We're going. Yeah. So we left and we went to Vegas. And I left my very, very pregnant wife to go to our, remember, we graduated together, our <laughs> high school reunion by herself, and then she basically went because Derek went and Eric went. <laughs> they, yep. She went with them she and some of our us. other friends, and they hung out the whole time at the reunion while I was in Vegas. And uh, so to kind of to kind of soften that blow a little bit, I came home with a diamond tennis bracelet to, to give her at the yeah. end of my trip because I figured I better bring something back home. So, But anyway, and I almost missed my flight, which is even worse. So I, yeah. I uh, so here's what happens when you take a bunch of young guys, I mean, late 20s, young guys to Vegas and who are just enamored with the new world that is poker. We had a poker room, so basically we have a we had a poker room rate, which is for those who don't know, that's kind of where like they'll give you a discounted rate if you're playing if you play enough hours. play enough hours of poker in the poker thing. We hit all of our hours for our room we needed in the first day we were there for the entire week <laughs> that we had booked or whatever, because um, some of the guys got there earlier and some of them left late and kind of whatever. So we had about a five day window I think booked in our hotel room, and so 
we um we hit all of our hours in one day because I think all of us played almost 18 hours of poker the first day we were there. So and then we basically played poker, we went to eat, played poker, went to sleep, played poker. That's all we did for for four days solid. And I counted up my hours and. By the time we had been there, I got there on a Thursday evening, and I left Sunday afternoon. I had played 32, 34 hours of poker, poker or something. Yeah. It was just, just insanity. So it was entertaining. So it was it was a fun time, but that was a good trip. And uh, what, I had been playing so much poker. By the time we got ready to finish, the last day I was there, I realized I had been nowhere except the poker room, my bed, the pool for a couple hours with my friends, we went out to eat dinner a couple one night or two nights. Basically, we ate meals together, hung, and then we hung out at the pool like for two hours one day, and then I played poker. That's all I'd done. And so I realized that my I looked down. I was at the poker table, and I looked down at my... I was like, my flight leaves in two and a half hours. <laughs> I haven't seen anything in Vegas at all, because we didn't even go outside until it was nighttime, because it was like 117 degrees. So well, we didn't go outside at all. I didn't, I didn't go outside at all during the day, except for the two hours with the pool one day. And so I had been outside during the day at all. I had no idea what Vegas even freaking looked like. I was just like, it just looks like lights at night. And so I was like, well, shit. So I ran upstairs, packed my bags, put them by the door, ran back downstairs, and I grabbed my I grabbed my camera on the way out the door, and and I just basically sprinted up and down the strip taking pictures of things so it looked like I'd been in Vegas. <laughs> and there was ran in, <laughs> I ran in shops buying souvenirs, bought souvenirs for my kid, bought souvenirs for my wife, and then I bought, you know, took a bunch of pictures at different places, had people take pictures of me at different places that look like I'd been to Vegas. I hadn't done anything, hadn't fucking done anything in Vegas. So I was like, well, now I've been to Vegas. And then I ran back in. And then when I went upstairs, got my bags, and I come downstairs and I check out. And as I'm walking to the front, I look, it is, I have exactly like 64 minutes or something till my flight takes off. I'm still at the casino. And I look outside, and granted, this was um, just very, this was 2004, so just a few years after. So yeah. TSA stuff had already started, but it wasn't quite as hyped up definitely as it is now. But um, so post 9 11, but not, not quite like what we are today. So, but at the same time, you know, you do need to get to the airport a little bit early so you can get everything done and get on your flight. I look out the door and there are a hundred people in line for the taxi cab line. So like in line to get in taxis and I'm like, Oh shit, I'm going to miss my fucking flight. <laughs> and that's not a good thing. I have a very pregnant wife at home. I got to get home. So I go up to the front desk and I see the concierge and I say, Hey, is there, is there any way to like get like, is that, where's the line for getting a taxi to the airport? He goes, that's it. I was like, but there's like a hundred people. Like how, is there any way to get there faster? And he just kind of looks at me like, no, 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 I can't help you. Whatever. Fucking leave me alone. And so I, as I walk out, I walk to the front door, I'm looking out, at the at the front and I see I see um coming coming in um I I see um this family so I, I see there's a taxi line and then there's a family walking to the the taxi line with like a uh well not I said vendor I was gonna say vendor but not what the anyways a steward like a whatever like a bellhop oh, whatever yeah. so like there's like a bellhop escorting them from the hotel and I see them walk past the the, the front doors, they walk right past that line of 100 people, and she puts them directly in a taxi. And I'm like, hmm, well, that's interesting. They didn't have to wait. Right. And then a key piece of information that I, that I pick up, again, this is the poker tells coming in, is I'm watching them, the, this family of four, mom, dad, two kids, get in the taxi, and the, the lady, it's a lady bellhop, and then she helps them in. She helps put their luggage in the taxi and gets them all in. And she stands there. Well, FYI, guys, if you ever go to casinos, everyone expects a tip. Everyone expects yes. a tip. So she is standing there, and this family, they all get in the taxi, and the dad basically looks at her and then just steps in the car and stiffs her. 
And so, oh. and, and I can read the poker tail in her body language and her face oh. and the situation. So as soon as she turns around from the car, she gets about three steps away and she's just out of earshot of that car and the line. I walk right up to her and I said, ma'am, I said, I said, um, I saw what just happened. I tell you what, I'm late for a flight. If you can put me on the next taxi, I will tip you $20 for that family and $20 for me. And she goes, just this way, sir. <laughs> Money talks in Vegas, baby. <laughs> that's right, baby. It's all about the Benjamins. So I, I thought it was pretty funny. So, anyways, that, that's that. And other things happened on that on that trip too. I, I can't remember if I could talk about all of them. Maybe a few of them. But um, oh, I do have one that was kind of fun for that trip. And then I think after that, we're going to take a we're going to hit our first our first seven our for first. the first our third our seven. Third seven. Yeah. Um, so here's my here's another story from that trip that I always love is we had. Uh, again, a lot, a lot of guys. One of them has a younger brother, a few years younger than us. Not a lot, but just a, just enough years younger than us. Anyways, um, he had been having a good time. He's kind of that young. Again, we're late twenties. He's mid twenties, right? Or early twenties. Oh you know, old enough to drink. But so he has been participating in beverages consumption for most of the day when we get there. And that that night, um, we all been playing poker all day. He's been down and playing poker. He and two of the other guys had tickets to uh, Blue um, Blue Man, uh, no Cirque du Soleil. I thought um, it was Blue Man Group. No, it's O. It was the, the O. Is that Cirque du Soleil? Yeah, O and the Bellagio, like the big oh. O uh, show. It's like this water Bellagio, like crazy oh, water yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. Cirque du Soleil. So they take these are these are like a hundred, hundred and fifty dollar tickets, whatever. They're really good tickets. They're it's a great show from everybody here. I didn't get to so I didn't get to go because no one told me that where they were going to do this, and I didn't get invited. So they were three of them had got tickets. Well. Our buddy's brother, who was with us uh, hanging out, um, he had been drinking all day and had reached a point of little saturation. <laughs> What's that called? So he reached a point, re- reached point of saturation where he um, went and took a $150 nap is what he did. He slept <laughs> through the whole fucking show. And I was like, he came out and he was like, man, and they were asking questions. They were making fun of him. And I was like, what happened? He was like, well, he's like, man, he slept through the whole show. And I was like. Are you kidding me? I could have had his damn tickets. <laughs> That's funny. So, anyway, all right. So, Derek. So, what we got we here? We just poured some Seagram 7, oh, America's Whiskey. I got a story about Seagram 7. I told you about it. All right. So, I'm catching. So, on the nose, right out of the gate. That's, you know, it's not unpleasant. I'm getting like. It's not bad. It's I'm, a I'm getting like a horse. I'm getting like a horse barn. I'm getting like a little. I got some ethanol in there, too, though. It's kind of. I didn't get much of that. Again, my nose might be catching that tonight, but I'm getting a little bit of. Hope you help smell me sniff on the air, guys. Mm. <laughs> Sniffy sniffies. Um, all right. Yeah, I get. I'm getting some. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I'm getting. <laughs> I'm getting getting some. I'm getting a little bit of horse barn, a little bit of. Yeah, weeded berry or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I get the sweet part of it. I, I'm getting like the. I'm getting a little sweetness in it. And again, Seagram Seven guys is a, you know, for sure. Sure, everyone's heard. It. It's an eighty proof. Um, just FYI. <laughs> so, it's a blended American whiskey at eighty proof. All right. Well, here we go. Oh, first of all, it's 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 a golden color. It's a, it looks actually surprisingly a lot like the the Bernheim. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a coppery golden yellowish color. Here we go down the hatch. All right, all right. I'm catching a couple things in there. So, huh? It's actually not what I thought it was going to be. For some reason, I don't know why. I had I had a I had a much different flavor profile in mind when I was thinking of this. It's um, it's it's actually. I mean, first first impression, it's much better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it really is. It's better than I I remembered it. Yeah, it's it's of course, much better than I thought it was. The be. last time I had this was in college, and I drank it by you know, I drank a lot of it with Seven Up basically. 
not really for flavor so much. Right. All right. Um, so, so I'm getting some citrus in there. I get okay. I get some high citrus notes. Yeah. It's I very, get some like um, like tangerine kind of citrus mm-hmm, stuff. Yeah. And like a little fruity. bit of a lemon peel. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I'm also getting a little bit of sort of like kind of toasted sugar mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. stuff. It's got a real sweet sort of fruity palate for me. Yeah. Same. It's very fruity. It's very sugary-ish. It's like, it's very candy-like. It's kind of coating my mouth. It's not like cloying where it's uh, like you know what? too I don't really love ketchup. Well, I, you say that, but like second and third swish. So remember how the other night, so I, I came over to Derek's house the other night. I, I poured it, made, made a pour, and I, I, I did like a, a half-and-half mixture, kind of a Frankenstein mixture of uh, crown vanilla and crown uh, black, which yeah. is they're, they're sort of more burl bourbon-ish sort of flavor tone. And uh, almost immediately, during, like first sip, I was like, ooh, this is good. And it's kind of sweet and whatever. And but let's caramel in there. And then like I sipped on it a little bit and then Derek kind of took a sip of it and he kind of did the same face I did. And I was thinking, it's like... Well, first of all, you said, hey, what do you think this is? Well, and then he chased it. I was like, he got it right. He's like, I was like uh, he goes, I'm tasting crown vanilla. And, I, and, he, and I was like, well, yeah, it's half and half. So, well, anyway, so the more I sip on the Seagram's, I catch a lot of that almost sort of like injected flavor vanilla shit. Like it's... I'm not. I'm not saying that's what they have, guys. I'm not. I'm not calling out Seagrams for that. Yeah. All I'm just saying is I catch them with that cloying, almost sort of it's like uh, cough syrupy kind of that cloying back, back finish. Cough yeah. syrup. That's yep. it. That yes. So when I said it was, yeah, that's exactly what it tastes like. Cough syrup. The good news is I love cough syrup. <laughs> almost got there to choke Alicia. <laughs> Sipping on some scissor. <laughs> Oh, man, it tastes like Vicks and I was fan-fucking-fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Uh, you drink um, another, you go right to sleep. It's great. Uh, it's not, I mean, it's not unpleasant, but it's very, like, my, my tongue is, like, coated. All right, so like let's thick. talk a little more about this stuff. Um, well, I don't, I was going to, I actually going to go the way. Uh, legs on it pretty weak. It's just kind of runny, for sure. And, uh, yeah, it's not holding much. It's just drippy, drippy, drippy. It's very watery. It doesn't stick around on my palate much. It doesn't, like... Mouthfeel wise, it's just it just tastes kind of like it tastes the very watery that it is at eighty proof. Yeah, but like a lot of bourbons at eighty proof, it's just it's very watery. It doesn't um, have much of a aftertaste either. Like <clears> it's like it's or finish. It's there and gone. The finish just, is really weak <sighs> and really light. Um, yeah, finishes. Hmm. Mm, I get a little bit of. I, I. It's funny. I taste a little bit of the corn in it at the end. It's late, late in the finish, but it's a. It's definitely kind of a weak. It's got it, now. It definitely has sort of a van, vanilla-y kind of finish for me, though. And it's not bad. It's it is not unpleasant. It's not like it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. It, it really is. Again, it's this been it's been twenty years I've had yeah, it, so. it. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And honestly, you know, I mean, um, that's the funny thing. People always get so into it's just like the the world. So here's a caveat, and this is kind of why you also should do blind testing. Is uh, blind testing, I might have actually picked it out over something else. Who knows? Because yeah. I, there's a lot of notes well, in have, it that I like. You have so, you have certain preconceptions of of something you think is going to taste yeah. a certain but way. But there's a, there's a reason why a brand has existed for fifty or a hundred years, guys. And, and I'm not saying I don't can't remember how long Seagram's been around, but it's kind of like going to something like Maker's Mark and going to just standard clay. And people, when you taste it, and you're like, oh, that's actually pretty damn good. When you do a blind taste test next to other stuff, and you're like, it's my f- same thing. People talk about like. Microbrews, it's all about microbrews and microbrews. And then somebody goes and has just like a, a regular, a regular fucking Boston lager, Sam Adams. They're like, God, this is delicious. And you're like, Yeah, they've been making it for seven years. They know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's that kind of thing. So, all right. Well, speaking of things we make for a long time, all right. Our last seven for the night, and then we can sip on whatever we want to. I guess is uh, let's crack open some Jack. All right, let's do it. All right, I'm curious. I'm um, not. I'm not. Actually, I'm not looking forward to this at all. But mm, 
Because I, I, I should have made you try that jack on a bl- on a blind. Oh, that would have been fun, actually. For um, you, maybe it would have been fun for me, Derek. So it's all about you, Brad. Yeah, have I opened this yet? Yeah, I have opened this. All right, you've been drinking. So I'm here? gonna I'm gonna pour. Right, I'm gonna can you hear? Can see if I can make how close we can hear it. Ooh, could you hear the pour? Oh, some little pour. Shit, I poured way too fucking much. I guess I'm drinking Jack, guys. That's yours. Um, <laughs> well, now Derek, you have to drink that one. <laughs> my my favorite thing about uh, low end bourbons um, and whiskeys is when you get them in a plastic bottle. <laughs> so I bought like it's like a whatever you know, hundred, two fifty. I don't know what it is. It's it's the small bottles, but I don't drink a lot of black. Now I don't drink. I don't drink a lot of black label. It is called profit margin. You're right. I don't drink a lot of black label, uh, Jack, and I, I don't have anything against them. Uh, and there are other, yeah. honestly, there's two or three other Jacks I've had that I actually like fairly well. So, so gentlemen, I like pretty Gen- well. Gentleman Jack was and and actually was okay. some of their some of their high end market stuff I like their barrel proof. It's I actually pretty good. I mean, it's actually pretty good. Again, so, because I've got that whole like mental block on Jack Daniels, I, know, I just so, don't. So. For those who don't know, I'm here here Jack Daniels, and here we dare not talk about bourbons. Um, but so for the most part, so Jack Daniels qualifies as a bourbon if you take out their very last step. So that's kind of something people yeah. don't realize and understand necessarily as I understand. Like it's a, it's a Tennessee whiskey, but the biggest difference between Jack um, is they do a charcoal filtering at the end at the last step. But yep. from a corn like a mash bill wise, and then American uh, charred oak barrels, new they do all of those things. So basically, it's a it's a bourbon. Um, that has a charcoal finish filtration filtration process that makes it sort of that classic Tennessee whiskey. So, all right, so um, here we go. Holy shit! Right out of the gate, man, I'm catching honey like a like I stuck my face in a bee's nest. Hmm. It's interesting. I'm catching. I catch honey, a little bit of vanilla. Um. Yeah, that's interesting, Derek. I catch a little bit of oak on it. I so definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm gravitating toward the oak on it. Like yeah, it's, I catch it's, a little. It's, it's more of a woody smell to me. Uh, it's not. I get a little bit of the honey. Our noses are flip flop today. So they I'm really are. Like everything cool. we've everything we've tried today, we've been like opposite. It's funny. Turns Which is I funny because and I can't smell anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a funny joke. Shit. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> Dark humor. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Anyway. Oh, damn it. I've got coworkers or family's got corona because I shouldn't even talk about this stuff. It's not fair. But anyway. All right. So I'll leave it alone. I'm done. I won't say anything else. Boy, I won't say another joke that's dark tonight. <laughs> that's a super big lie for sure. So. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So uh, let's try this. Oh, God. Hmm. All right. Derek's making faces over there. He, he does not like this. My palate's in a different place tonight. You know, right out of the gate, Derek, I'm I'm, t- I'm catching the sweet notes in it. That's the hilarious thing because every time I taste Jack, I taste the same thing. I just like, it's like boom, charcoal, boom, heavy smokes. Sour mash. And that sour mash bill that I don't normally like. This, to me, tastes like a goat's taint. <laughs> At least what I've heard that goat's taints taste like. Jesus Christ. Go, go taste, goat taints taste like. Say that three times oh my real God. fast. So the worst part of that, oh fuck! <laughs> I sucked in a, just a whole goddamn bottle, a Jack, and one. Oh man, I like. See? I, was, I was laughing and breathing how, in. How do you like it now? Yeah, I didn't actually <laughs> sip that last one. I just I That's sucked it in like I was aspirating the son of a bitch. Oh my god, that hurt. Ooh, all right. So well. Um, well, I get a whole different thing when I do that. That's that's a whole yeah, different profile there. Um, 
I get I get the sour mesh uh, on that one. See, I definitely the get sort only of the thing sour. That comes through for me. I mean, it, okay, it's not the only. It's, it's the it's it overpowers everything else. But if I if if I let me take another sip and try to catch other notes in it real quick. Hold on. <sighs> okay. Well, in general, a lot of the stuff like not every bourbon I get that the sour mesh do I love. It. So all right now, so now I'm getting sort of that form, fermented wheat, sort of fermented corn, um, that like real heavy sort of fermented corn kind of stuff. I get, um, I do get the, I do get the oaky wood oak ash. Yeah, I get some yeah, of that now. It's very ashy. It's like a. But I will say, I still get a lot of the honey. I mean, I get a lot of the sort of the. It's there in the background. Yeah, I, I can taste it. I, I get a lot it. of the honey in it, and and some. Of the I think flavors. what. Yeah, if I work my mind around that, because like if I just okay, if I if I just say okay, I'm I'm going to exclude that flavor, so mm-hmm. take the sour match out of it. I can get I can get the honey. I can get a little bit of oak, but but I'm, but I'm stretching for it, man. It's really well, and <clears throat> I'm trying to be a little more kind to it because I I in general haven't loved all these. So so here's the funny thing: the the one thing I have always sort of steered away from Jack, at least in the early days, and this is why you know you and I've tasted a lot of stuff. Her palate's changed a little bit. Is for me, Jack always had this sort of bite. I'm not getting it tonight. <clears throat> no, I'm not getting any. Of course, maybe because we're on the fourth pour, but I'm not getting anything tonight. Um, well, plus we. We've gravitated toward higher stronger bur- bourbon, so the, right. it's, so it's now, not not a ninety proof, and it's not, not yeah, it's not the bite really. at all. It's 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 just the flavor of that sour. Mat. It's like it's like say you had some leather shoes that you left in some water for like a week, <laughs> and you took the insole out, and it's kind of squishy, and then you sucked on it. That's kind of what I'm getting right now. So, <laughs> Derek's describing is is distasteful. All right, so for those who <clears throat> haven't really had a lot of sour mash bourbon, so. Um, I always sort of described it as is sort of that when you've got a, a, a high yeast loaf of bread baking, and it's at the, the very the front side of that baking. So you walk in a walk in a subway when they're just getting all the yeah. bread, they're getting it loaded in the machine, they're getting it loaded in the cooker and whatever. You can't walk in that, and it's that sort of yeasty sort of flavor yeah. that sort of floats in the air that you catch. So the, a sour, a lot of sour mashes kind of have that flavor for me. That sort of yeasty bread cooking, you know, he, heavy yeast bread cooking, <clears throat> bread rising kind of flavor profile. I get a lot of that. I get a lot of that in a lot of sour mash builds. So I kind of get I get a lot of that in this. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. All right, <clears throat> there is one other flavor. I also I just realized I, I know exactly what it is. I got ginger snap just now. I get banana. I get a lot of fucking banana in it, too. Mm. That's funny. Like mm. Almost like the dried banana chips. I get a lot of that kind of stuff going on with it, which is weird to me, too. Uh, I, almost say, I say weird. That's not really fair, but that's what I get. I get it. So, and I, I get there's so one of those tastes in there. I poured way too much of this, damn it, Derek. I poured way too much of this drink. Um, I'll just go throw some lemonade in or something. I, I like I like Jack lemonade together just fine. So yeah, one I can of the mix it with shit, yeah, you can mix it all day long. So, but I'm also catching. Let me see if I can do it again. One more, one more little sip here. All right. Um, get some water. So I also catch, and I'm not a. I'm not a person who identifies flowers all day. I'm the hell they call those people, but I'm, I'm not that person. So I also a catch florist. A, <laughs> I don't know if they identify it. They catch them. An Wait, no, they No, that's that's for drugs. That's, that's, that's for drugs. Fuck. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's for viruses. <laughs> well, we've had some bourbon, guys. Guess what? Welcome to the podcast. <sighs> so, but anyways, I catch a floral note. There's some kind of hint of a floral note going on somewhere, somewhere in like the late, mid, late um, stripe of that flavor. So. Anyway, mm. all right, that's what I'm getting. 
All right, so let's talk back to poker stories. All right, so you talked about crazy things. I've got one. So there's a couple couple stories I like, um, and then we're already kind of long, so I'll kind of if we think of something funny, we'll say it. And if not, we'll probably wrap up here soon. But anyways, um, I've got a story I can tell, but it's not related to poker. That's okay. Well, is it related to gambling or other things? So uh, well, it, it's us. We can tell stories. So all right. So one thing, a couple things. Go ahead. All right. I knew it started. I've got more stories. All right. So next story I have. <clears throat> What do you think some of the things that happen at the table? So this one is definitely I was sitting at a table at the at Bellagio in Vegas. And uh <laughs> there was this little guy sitting just next to the dealer. And uh, oh he did not speak English very well. <laughs> okay, so he was of I don't know, you know, and again I'm trying not to be, trying to be sensitive and you know, I'll be a little PC about it. I don't I, he, he was of Asian descent. I don't know if he was Chinese. I don't know I don't, I don't have any idea where he's from, but he he didn't speak English. He spoke a Asian based language. I don't know, fuck me. I don't know. He was he was Chinese or Japanese or something. It wasn't Japanese. He was Chinese or uh, maybe from Korea. Whatever. I don't know. So whatever it is, I just offended like nineteen people. You're I'm not, so sorry, Jesus Christ. You're not making it better, Brad. I know. All right, I'll back up. This small man who was sitting <laughs> So he was sitting so if those who haven't been to a poker table, so there's a there's a dealer seat that sits right in the dead middle of a poker table, right? And then there's ten people around him. So in an oval. In an oval shape, right? So the people that are immediately to his left and right, they're pretty close. They're kind of all up in his business, right? And yeah. so the guy that is immediately to the dealer's right, and hey, guess what? Most people are right handed in the world, duh. Right. So the statistical majority is right-handed. The dealer happens to be right-handed. Go figure. This little guy is sitting right next to him. Well, he has been sitting there for 30 minutes. And he gets his chips, and people stack chips in front of him and do all these sort of things. And, you know, you get bored. You kind of get bored. You're trying to play. People are trying to play hands. They're trying to be smart and not playing every single hand, playing a few good hands, whatever. Take Buy their time. Wait for the right hand. Wait for the time, the place to ch- jump in, whatever. So this, this little guy has been sitting there, and he's won a few hands, and he has decided in his grand wisdom that he should make because people play around with their chips it's just what you do they're in front of you you play with them <laughs> so he's made a fucking tower out of his just like two stacks of chips well normally people stack chips 20 high you 20 know. high right it's kind of the general norm some people stack a little higher they're playing around if they've only got a single stack they're goofing off and whatever and or they've got a ton of chips and like you've got a pyramid of like 20 high or a brick of 20 high stacked on top of 20 high and you know like whatever so you kind of spread them out whatever i hate people that stack them in like tens and like just put like all it's just spread out, spread or, out just everywhere. as like, far as you can possibly be like stop doing that anyway so this guy has stacked his fucking chips and i am <laughs> so i'm sitting um Derek, Derek know this, so i'm kind of sitting in about the number seven position somewhere yeah. so i'm sort of okay. sitting right corner angle i'm on the edge of the curve right so i've got a great line eye to the dealer and i'm sitting across from this guy and i can see the dealer's face right i'm like looking right at the dealer's face so this guy can't see the dealer's face he's been stacking these chips and he's got them about 60 80 high he's got a fucking tower that's almost a foot and a half to 18 inches high in front of him (laughs) and it's not like it's a tower of chips because he has thousands of chips it's mean he made a skinny tall tower because i guess he thought it was fun or whatever and uh, the dealer, while he's dealing, two or three times as he's dealing around, he looks at the guy and he he looks at him. And he's like, he's like, I'm gonna hit those. And he's he keeps looking at him and he and he, he warns him like five times. Well, 
<laughs> so about 10 or 20 minutes later, the dealer's going and, and dealer, you know, dealer's going to deal like the dealer's going to deal. Like you, it's, well, it's an immutable force. They, well, they also, they deal fast because they, they're trying to get as many hands they're in as possible. As many hands as possible. They take a rake, which means they take a portion of the, the house pot. wants to deal fast, so they take a rake and the dealer wants to deal fast because he gets tips on hands. Yeah, yes. So the, it's, it's a speed, it's so a speed he's issue. He's dealing fast. He's right. going, he's flurrying out cards. So he's dealing around, and sure enough, this guy has stacked his chips, and he keeps moving around and stacking them. He's got this giant pile of stacking chips. I mean, it's like 80 high. <laughs> the fucking dealer just, at this point, his hand, just, his arm literally goes through the stack when he throws it to, like, the nine position. <laughs> oh, my God. And this guy's fucking tower chips just explode. They go all over the table, all over him, on the floor, everywhere. And the dealer just looks at him and he goes, yep, keeps on dealing. <laughs> and then the dealer gets done, and he makes the flop. And I'm sitting, again, I'm sitting, I have a great eye angle with the dealer. And I've been sitting at the table for two or three hours, right? And so and the guy was kind of new. He'd been sitting there maybe 30 minutes, whatever. And so I look up, and I'm watching the dealer, and he looks up, and he catches my eye, and he just holds my eye contact for a minute, and he winks at me. <laughs> he fucking did it on purpose. <laughs> I was, like, having oh a ball. So, so anyways, that, that's, one, that's one that I remember from that trip that I thought was fun. Uh, another that's one for those people out there who actually know gambling. So another great story from one of our buddies that was on this trip. He is sitting at a table. So again, we're playing. Uh, we're playing. At this point, we're playing Texas Limit. We're, we're young guys. We're playing. We're playing limit games. We're playing limit Texas Hold'em because we weren't. Get, we're kind of not all of us are quite ready for no limit kind of games. So we're playing limit. Both. We're playing like three six or four. Uh, we're playing four eight. Four, so eight, we're, yeah. so one of our buddies sitting there. He's playing four eight Hold'em. So for those people out there who, who know no poker, um, and this story is really for you. So he gets a uh, pocket pair of aces, uh, and he is sitting <clears throat> at a table where. <laughs> this is kind of the, the dream position. So, uh, again, limit hold them. There's there's a four bet cap. It depends on the table, but there's a four bet yeah, cap at this typically. table, right? And so uh, that that just means that you're allowed to bet. The tables are called four and eight because the two first rounds of betting you're allowed to you're allowed to raise four dollars, bet or raise four dollars. And so a, a capped round would look like someone bets four dollars, someone raises them four dollars, someone else calls, which means they have now called the $8, they would raise $4, the max bet would be $16 on the hand, right? So 444 raise, <clears throat> max bet $16. So our buddy is sitting mid-position of the table, he just calls. So someone in front of him has bet, someone in front of him after that has raised, he calls the raise, someone after him raises again, and then goes back to the original better, who now raises again. So he's sitting in pocket aces, he has had max value out of the very first bet. Board flops, king, Ace, rag, whatever, seven, doesn't matter. Right. So he's now sitting on trip aces, rolled up, best hand, best hand on the board. Best hand so far. It's best hand so far, best, best situation you could possibly be in. Betting starts out again. Bet, raise, he calls, raise, guy's, guy in first position or whatever, he decides to fold. He decides, I don't guess I'm in this after all, for whatever reason. He's been all this money in, but he decides to fold. Next guy raises again. Our buddy calls. We now have max value again. So two max value bets on limit hold'em. He is sitting with rolled-up aces. He feels like he's in a good spot. Next card comes out. It is another ace. He now has quad aces. He's in the best fucking spot you can possibly be in. Same thing happens. First guy leads out in bets. He calls. Other guy raises. Other guy raises. He calls. Other guy raises. Max value. Next card comes. It's a king. <laughs> Oh my gosh. No, I'm so sorry. I fucked this up. It is like ace it was like ace ten, like whatever. Anyways, this is what happened to tell poker stories a whole lot, guys. I'm sorry. 
ace, king, or queen. Sorry, ace, queen, or ten, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's ace and one other face card, but not a king. That, that was the problem I said. I'm sorry. So anyways, they go all around. They max bet all the way to the very... He never raises a hand. He calls all the way down. On the turn, he has quad aces. They call all the way down. He calls all the way... Max value, he has $16, basically. So he's got, it's like a $500 pot. By the time everybody calls all these calls. One guy flips over pocket kings, the other guy pops over pocket kings, he flips over pocket kings with quad aces. <laughs> so he had, he got stuck in between two guys with pocket kings who just decided, you know, again, this is crazy what happens when people have, they place high, high, high value on a hand. But they just decided that there was no way they were going to back off. When there's two aces on the board, they're like, no, they don't, this other guy doesn't have pocket aces. He may have one ace, whatever. Yeah. And they just bet all the way down. So they just shoved all the way to the very end. Again, this is where limit and no limit changes the situation a lot. Yes. But this is limit poker. They shove all the way to the end. Our buddy gets max value, 100% of the dollars you could get out of this hand, all the way to the end by just sitting there and calling for the whole time. Never raised one time with pocket aces. Quad, he had quads, never did anything but call. He made max value that was pretty funny so anyways that was a fun poker story for that weekend yeah and the last one i'll tell for that weekend and then we can talk about something else is um one of my favorite this is still my favorite stories until poker table so one of the things you kind of do when you're playing poker is you want to uh you know usually keep your information to yourself right you've got information about your hand you don't want to get to other people if you're going to bluff people off of hands you don't show them the hand for free that isn't that isn't something you do yep so, but you get in a poker hand with somebody, you raise, if you got a great hand, you know, you, obviously it's easy, but sometimes you have a not so great hand or maybe you're bluffing and you raise and someone else wants to know what you got. But the only way to really know that is they have to call. <laughs> and then, or you could be a gentleman, maybe occasionally and show your hand. Sometimes you show your hand to mess with people. So you, they know you're bluffing or they know you had a great hand, whatever. There's all ways to play the strategy of the psychology that is poker. Well, yeah. I was in this poker game. Again, this was the same same place in Bellagio in Vegas, and um, <laughs> I was in the hand. I was just sitting and watching the hand, and uh, these two guys were going at it back and forth. They've been going at it all night. They're killing about a two hour, three hour session. We've been sitting here, and these guys have been going back and forth all night, just mouthing each other, in, backing in hands each other, and pushing each other around, and doing big bets. And you know, of course, it was limits. So it wasn't like by just being like making consistent bets over one another. Yeah. <laughs> And they were in this hand, and they had pretty much almost max bet it all the way down every freaking time. Like, it, it was – so it's kind of one of those deals where Derek and I know about what's called pot odds. I mean, pot odds and kind of pot value. You're getting a value yeah. on your odds and whatever. So one guy was in a situation where, honestly, it, it didn't make any sense to honestly fold the hand. But he was just so frustrated, and he, he knew he was beat. Or at least he got that sense and feeling he was beat. But he was so frustrated because the other guy had beat him on, like, two hands back to back. And so <laughs> – <laughs> so the bet's $8. It's not a lot of money, guys. They've already put $60, $70 in the pot. It's not a lot of money. But he's frustrated because he's beat a couple of hands. He figures he is beat on this hand. So he he gets mad. He looks across the table at the guy. They're sitting at completely opposite ends of the table, the, the long portion of the table. They're sitting completely two opposite ends of the table. And so he looks at the guy, and he says, all right, fine. I He goes, you know what? All right, fine. So he folds. Well, then he starts mouthing. Just mouth and mouth and mouth and mouth the guy. And he goes, you didn't have it. You didn't have blah, 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 blah. Another guy looks at him and he goes, he goes, I'll tell you what. You pay me $8 and I'll show you what I had. Because he hadn't turned his cards in yet. So the other guy looks across the table. He grabs $8 and he throws it like all the way across the table at the guy. Just like slings it, literally. <laughs> I'm surprised he get kicked out of the, off the table. But he grabs $8 and he just throws it across the table right at the guy. And so the guy just looks at him, collects the chips really calmly, stacks them in front of him, and then reaches down and turns his cards over and just shows him what he has. He's been bluffing the whole fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> but that's I just love amazing. it. Show me, give me eight dollars, and I'll show I'll you. Show you. <laughs> I just love that phrase. Anyway, oh, that's funny, man. All right, so those are some fun poker stories. I've got some more, um, but oh, we, we're dude. probably about at time. So my, yeah. one of my other favorite ones, and we'll stop. 
I, I knew this would happen. I think so. You keep saying it, man. I know. So another one, end of similar. This one's faster. In a similar one, I was in a casino in, in uh, Tucson, Arizona. I was on a business trip and I ran out for like a late night poker session. Uh, played in a little tournament. After the tournament, played in a cash game. And this guy sits down with this poker. Sits down. There's a couple of young guys in the table. This old guy sits down with us and he is hammered like a crazy. You can tell he's a regular. People know him. They're talking to him. Uh, this lady dealing knows him. She keeps talking to him, whatever. <clears throat> but he's he is gone. Like he is so gone. You know, just drunk. And he's got another guy with him. He may be a chaperone. He may be his driver. I don't know. But he's with him. Maybe his AA partner. <laughs> I don't know. But they're not being successful tonight. But they're hanging out, and they're going to town, and he's drinking a lot. So he's just betting nuts. He's betting crazy. This is no limit this time. So we're playing. I'm playing no limit. They're going crazy. There's these two young guys at the table, and they're talking all this stuff. And this old guy gets to talking. He's frustrated. He's been in and out a couple of hands, and he loses a hand. And finally, he stands up, and he decides he's ready to go. And so he's frustrated, and he stands up, and he gra- he reaches down and grabs his entire stack of chips, and he just stands up, and he's frustrated with the hand, and he just fucking throws them right in the dealer's face. <laughs> and he just goes, he just goes, all right, I'm gone, bye, and he just throws his, and then you could see her face drains, and like she is ready to call security, and she's like, she's hot, and then she looks down and realizes he threw about $300 in her lap, and she just kind of looks at it, and so she realizes what happens. Of course, it's mixed in with the it's mixed in with the the yeah the, the, the board tray. like the tray. The it's tray. mixed in with the tray. It's mixed in with her lap. But you can kind of tell which chips were his. And then so she her first thing is like instant anger. She is fucking pissed. And this was a this this chick was hardcore. She was this hardcore like half Native American woman who lived there. And she was she was no nonsense. But she was sweet and cool. But she was no nonsense. And she was like she I was like she's gonna fucking murder him and then next thing i was like well someone's gonna get their ass with my security and then she looks down and realizes that he's thrown about 300 dollars in her lap as a tip to leave the table and she's like well i guess i don't care how he did it that's my money <laughs> and so she kind of looks at him and she's like starts to flare up and then she looks down and she was like oh and she just like slowly gathers it all up and puts it off to the side in her little area and then she, and he gets up and leaves she's like and we're all like oh my god when he call security she's like it's all right. It's all right. It's we're all right. It's we're all right. good. And she's like, yeah, it's good. It's we're good. good. She goes, he's a regular. He's a little drunk. Whatever. We'll let it. We'll let him slide. We'll let him slide. <laughs> anyway, all right. That's all right. That's the end of my story. We're at probably time. All right. Um, we're like, Derek, we're doing good. We're like right at normal time. So we're good. We're perfect. All right. We got any last stories? Any last comments? Anything you want to say? <clears throat> I, do, I do have a story, but it's it's not going to fit into the theme. So I think I want to just hold that for next time. All right, but uh, this has been fun. Uh, I will say, uh, if you get a chance to get some old Ezra number seven, uh, take it. I I would, I would snag a bottle. Yeah. Hey, you know what? We're 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 ten minutes. We're still inside a a safe window. I tell you what, I got I got one last. It's poker only related because it happened in Vegas. (laughs) So you have all these Vegas stories. I don't have any Vegas stories. Well, you've got gambling stories though. We have gambling stories. We have friends that have had fun stories. Anyway. This one, this one's an easy. This could happen anywhere. But one, one thing that happens in Vegas that you see when you're walking down the street. Now, granted, this was the first trip I went on. This was 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they cleaned up Vegas a lot. The last time I went to Vegas, you could walk around the streets. It was really clean, and, and it, it, you know, it, it, it felt much safer place to be. First time I went to Vegas, it, it was still felt fine, but it was definitely a little more of the old flavor of Vegas. <laughs> so again, we're a pack of guys. We're walking around. We went out to bars. Late, late, you know, we're talking, we didn't go out to the bar till midnight. So we're out, you know, drinking, having a good time. It's probably 2 a.m. We're walking back. Well, at 2 a.m., there are two types of people on the street in Vegas. Yep. <laughs> uh, at least in the areas 15, 20, 20 years ago almost. Uh, 15 years ago, sorry, 15 years ago. Um, yeah, there's two types of people in Vegas. There are people who are drunk, and there are people who uh, are interested in getting paid to go home to do things with people who are drunk. <laughs> 
And we there is a clear strategy to mm. to pick out at the, yeah. at least this point in them hookers. Yeah, there's a point in time in which you could pick out those people who were there for that activity of the night. very specifically because if you walked by any of them and you wave and you go, hey, if they responded with, hey, you're like, hooker, yep. <laughs> every single time. So, all right. Well, anyways, uh, that was her last thing. That's kind of we. <laughs> that, was a, that was a fun well. way to end several nights. We kind of were always like, well, no. We wave at people and they got a little too interested. We're like, no, we're good. Thank you. But no. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've had that happen to me once. Yeah. It's kind of entertaining. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no thanks. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm sorry, but no, I've got my got my situation. I don't need <laughs> yeah, I don't need a worse situation. I'm good to go <laughs> so. here. All right. Uh, well, that's all I got. Oh, I did have so so. All right, talking about tipping and everything. You know, yeah. You tip. You tip. Typically, when you're sitting at a cash game, because you know you're paying for the, the chips. Each chip on the table is an actual denomination. Like you have yeah. five dollar chips, one dollar chip, twenty five dollar chips, hundred dollar chips. They're actually you go cash those in at the at the, the at the cage. They'll give you money for those. So when you're, you know, you win a hand at bet poker, you typically tip the dealer a dollar, you know, five dollars, three dollars, whatever. That's a common occurrence. Right. That's that's, that's kind of you know you know that, that's what you do. That's that's etiquette. Unless you're playing a tournament, because tournaments are different. Tournaments you buy in for a specific amount and say the buy in for the tournament say three hundred bucks or mm-hmm. whatever. Then you get a certain denomination of of chips to to play, and they have, they have certain rounds. You know, you you get the blinds, or, or there's a structure involved, and there's time and for the rounds. And anyway, and so then at the, at the, all the money, all the buy-ins go into a prize pool, and they pay out certain places, right? So so none, and even on the tournament chips, they say no cash value. But that's right. They're yeah. not worth anything other than tournament dollars. They're only worth money in that specific tournament. That's right. So I was at the WSOP circuit event. Uh, <laughs> I think it was yeah, I was in Tunica. We were at the at, at the Horseshoe, and this very inexperienced person was dr- number one drunk, and then number two <laughs> kept trying to tip the tournament dealer with tournament chips. That is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, oh man, I had another story, dude. This shit was so funny. We're everybody kind of just—it's one of those deals where everybody at the table. I mean, most people who are playing in a WSOP circuit tournament has has played poker before. Yeah. You know, we kind of understand what's going on. When you see somebody like that, everybody kind of like looks at each other and kind of like looks at them, <laughs> and you, you, everybody catches each other's eyes. We're like, well, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> oh my god! So, um, we have. <laughs> Derek and I had a share a friend that was with me on that Vegas trip, and he was a little more comfortable playing higher stakes than the than most of the rest, oh. pretty much all the rest of us. And you mentioned that as one of the things that. So one of the things you do again, theme of poker is a lot of times people play for very long sessions, play late at night. <laughs> and he's not the first person I've seen do this, but have you seen people fall asleep at the table before? Uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so our buddy, we've been out. Well, one, it's late. It's like three a.m. We didn't get back from the bars like two or three a.m. He's been drinking a lot. And for a long time, yep. and it's a late night. But he decides he wants to go back to the poker room. We were heavily encouraging him: don't do that. This is a bad situation. Don't go back to the poker room right now. You are very drunk. You're very tired. It's not a good place for your situation, for money wise. But so he'd been playing for the whole previous like I don't know five hours that they've been playing five ten limit. So he goes and sits down at a four eight table. <laughs> oh good lord! <laughs> so the problem is good. drunk and tired and very late at night. And he sits down and. Uh, Basically, he broke the table because he sat there and he kept falling asleep before his action each time. He was he was so out of it. And then they would wake him up to make action. And he would just say, raise. And he would always put in the wrong amount because he'd been playing a different amount the entire day. He'd put in $10 and they'd go, no, it's $8, sir. And 
<laughs> so he go raise. He put ten dollars, and the dealer said, "No, it's eight dollars, sir." And he had to change. <laughs> he kept doing it. Oh, he said, "I just kept doing it." He said, "He just kept doing it." And eventually, like people just got, everyone just got up and left the table because he kept because <laughs> he, he won every fucking hand he raised while drunk and falling asleep. And they, they, everyone left the table and they closed that table and he fell asleep and they basically woke him up and he'd leave and go home. <laughs> So good. Anyways, all right, I'm done. That's it. That's been lucky number sevens. Lucky number seven. Um, thanks for joining us. And yeah, I guess number eight is Ocho. Ocho Cinco. I like Ocho. It's got a lot of thematically. It's got a lot of my history of my life, and we can talk about that next time a little bit. But um, definitely number eight. Uh, there's a lot of eight year bourbons. Let's see if we can find a couple of them. But other than that, we may think of something else. Who yeah, knows? we may. We'll be, we'll be talking next week. We may week go or two. off the number theme, but uh, yeah, for but, sure. But eight, um, uh, we'll think about number eights cool. and think what we can think of. But either way, number eight. Number Ocho, and uh, we will have another podcast here coming up soon. Please yeah, listen guys. in. Thanks for tuning in to us yet Thanks again. For, and uh, uh, appreciate your support. Two pours. Yeah, this is two pours. Uh, otherwise known as Brad talked a lot today. I can see the fucking numbers on the screen. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. It's two pours. It's been a good time. All right. Peace. Bye. Be careful.